cooler music than our usual intro. Wow, chicka wow, wow. No, no, he's making the music. Okay, not you. Oh, it's actually cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was great. Hey, man, you must be primed up, listener, for a sick episode. I am your DJ. Well, I'm not. Um, I'm Tanner Hoffs. I'm Dave Short. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. I'm Jack. O'Brien, son. <laughs> okay. And I'm Davy Shorten. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, that that sweet, sweet voice mm. that you just can't place what you love about it, but you do, is uh, David Shorten, who is a classic. Mm. He He's vintage, man. He's been through it. He gets it. It does. <laughs> He's podcasted before. Ooh. But not before you guys. Oh, were we the big, big daddy? No, that's not the word. <laughs> yeah, Let's the go word with this. Let's some... go with yeah, this. No, yeah, we're the big daddies. daddies. <laughs> we're no, the big daddies. Go with, go with. <laughs> There's a word for the person who's... Progenitor. <laughs> sure. <laughs> big daddy well, word. Uh, how long after our podcast started did you start short and sweet? I started mine last summer, so basically about a year ago. How's that going? Are you have you shut her down? Are you keeping no going? No one listens to my podcast. <laughs> hey, we get it, man. <laughs> Same boat. We're right with you. Same I can't boat. get the fifth review that will give me an average on iTunes. <laughs> no way. Huh. Okay, listeners, we need to put our considerable weight behind David Shorten's yeah. podcast. Put all our resources into this podcast. We could get at least one review out of our <laughs> listeners. Short and sweet. That's shorten and then S-U-I-T-E. Tell us what you're doing in uh, Montreal these days. Nothing impressive. Well, you're on the Desiring Brother podcast, <laughs> so you, you got somewhere. Oh, yeah, so yeah. something. I got that going for me. I can't figure out if you asked that so that I would like introduce our theme or if you actually want to know what I'm doing in Montreal. Is your... Job finding common ground among religions. <laughs> no, but that would be awesome. Yeah, it my, would. My job is receiving parts of people at the hospital and <laughs> organizing them. Oh, we made a huge mistake. We should have screened our guests. What's happening? I think he's a black market organ transfer guy. <laughs> or he works in a morgue, which is not as lucrative, but equally cool. Tell me more, man. The other week we got like this ampute well because everything everything that gets removed from someone comes through our department it's the pathology department and recently there was an amputated arm that they forgot in a fridge for like 4 months What? And so it was like rotting what? and decaying and it was Whoa. disgusting. And did you guys like take pictures with it and have fun with it? <laughs> uh no, we're not allowed to take pictures. And I've never, mm. ever taken a picture. <laughs> nice. But that, we got you. That one is especially was so disgusting that like you did not even want to take it out of the double bag that it came in because the smell oh, was yeah. emanating regardless. I should get someone's own. <laughs> Speaking of finding common ground among religions, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Metaphorically well, that's not a good speaking. way to start. Ooh, it's not a, not a helpful beginning. Yeah, no, David, we we're talking about that because mo mostly we wanted to have you on. You were a super mm -hmm. early supporter who, in the dark days when nobody listened, 
Audio that are bad. continuing till this moment. Mm-hmm. But in the days when nobody, nobody listened, you were very kind and you would listen and say nice things. And definitely the three of us appreciated that at the time and still do. Mm-hmm. So before we were ending the podcast, which if you haven't listened, spoiler, we are. This is one of our last episodes. We really wanted to get you on and tell us what you want to talk about. Tell us why it interests you. We're into it, man. Mm-hmm. Sure. I found it was actually kind of hard to nail down exactly why this topic got in my head, but from various conversations that I've had with people, it's led me to think a lot about the way we discuss religion with other people. And you know, you'd think that because I live in Montreal, I'm like super exposed to other cultures and religions and like I oh, know yeah, everything man. about all of them. The truth is that I my social circle is basically church people, mm-hmm. and yep. the opportunities mm-hmm. I have to discuss faith with people are not that f- frequent. But I've had some negative experiences where I'm speaking with a Christian who I just feel like they're afraid of giving common ground because it makes them feel like that's some gateway into accepting their mm wrong doctrine or something. You don't have to mince words. You can call them brethren if you want. (laughs) Hey, now. Hey! (laughs) No, yes, I totally get that fear of being like, well, all of our culture is like for we're all kind of the same, man. And so Mm -hmm. you kind of want to run away from that as fast as you can. Yeah, it's really hard to strike the balance because it's true. And I, I lament that there are a lot of my peers who are kind of a little bit flippant and it seems like, you know, some people are prone to accept maybe too much and other people are, are prone to push people away with this insistent attitude that because your religion isn't the true religion, it's 100% wrong in everything that it says. Hmm. Sometimes you, you learn a little bit about their faith that you, wouldn't, you never would have thought that you would actually agree with it, maybe. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's kind of a, an eye-opening moment where you realize it is logical that even though God in the Old Testament revealed himself to the Jews as a nation, he didn't exclusively reveal himself with only Jews, right? Mm-hmm. And when we were kind of discussing this in preparation, you were mentioning, you know, there's not, there's not that many Old Testament examples of like this topic, you know, like common ground. And that's true, but I think there's there's a there's maybe a few important ones, and the one that and the one that I think is is relevant to uh, what I okay just... wait wait we're gonna guess we're gonna guess oh okay yeah do it okay Jackson go uh, Jackson doesn't know anybody in the Old Testament <laughs> oh my goodness. David <laughs> yeah nice no okay. Goliath Goliath no <laughs> well <laughs> no David I mean Dave oh, oh your names why did we have to find a guest. That has the same name as one of our hosts. And nearly the same last but name, too. extra amazing letters. I just... Why couldn't we find a... A, a G- Troy, Gary. A Gary. It always, I always thought it was funny that like we did have such similar names, that we went to the same Bible camp. Yeah. It's so it weird. Like, David slightly Short. odd. I just... David what if Short. we had a guest? What if we had a guest on that was like, Welcome Jackson O'Brien in... 
it would, <laughs> it would blow everybody's brains out or of their like, heads. Or like Jackson Von Bryan or something. Von <laughs> Bryan. I still think that I there's. Like that. I still think there's listeners out there that think we're the. They think we're just pulling a ruse right now. <laughs> right. That's hilarious. You found the one guy in the world. Uh-huh. Will this be the episode where we finally have on the the famous reviewer Tanner Schmoffs? Yes. <laughs> We've been trying to track that guy down. I'm definitely that guy has definitely given our podcast five stars. You got the ball uh, rolling. Good call. <laughs> got the ball rolling. So okay, Dave, come on. I already uh, I know who he's talking about. I know it. I don't know who he's talking about. Hosea. No, he's talking about either Melchizedek, who's the priest of the Most High, and he just shows up in the Abraham story, and it's like, wait a second, did, did, did he know God, but he's not Israelite? Or he's talking about Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, who's also like a priest of the Most High, but isn't an Israelite. Is one of the two. Give it to us, David. Okay, so it's not, but dang it! Yeah, but oh, Jethro, yeah. I actually didn't think of Jethro, and that's probably Thank that's you. probably legitimate. Oh well, okay. Well, I don't even want to do this episode. I'm so shamed. <laughs> Tell me who it is. Okay, so I my my example is Balaam. Ooh, because he was he one? was obviously a prophet of the Lord. Who that? What's his face? King was it Balak? <laughs> Balak. Yeah, they had similar names. Anyway, he was trying to get them to curse the Israelites. The David Shorten and David Short of the Old Testament. (laughs) Yeah. Why do they have to be in the same story? (laughs) Balak and Balaam. Anyway, so he he, he was... He was asked to curse the Israelites, but he was not an Israelite, but he was clearly a prophet of God. So it's an example of someone who Mm. God chose to reveal himself to. Yeah. And but who was not, you know, part of the promise. So I just think that when you look at that, you see, oh, yes, God chooses people and peoples, but just because he he does that doesn't mean that everyone else is just left by the wayside, you know? And so I think that if you if you come at interfaith discussion with that attitude, you might actually find th- that you will, you can actually learn something from other religions. So, so David, and and also Jack and other David. Man, I got to get a better system here. <laughs> okay, a lot of people they hear the words "finding common ground among religions," and you get a fuzzy feeling, and you feel good. That's mm. a good thing. You've given one reason, which is learning from other people. Uh, that is a value. That's something positive. Like let's establish like why why is it a positive thing to find common ground? Why is this a good thing? I think that yeah, I think that when I when I discuss interfaith discussions, it's always kind of with the goal of evangelism. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't really see I don't I don't really see another <laughs> clear reason to like I mean if it's not if it's if if it's not to share your faith with someone yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah, it's no, I'm like you. I said before to learn from them, but it's like if I if if you'll permit me to reference uh, the articles that you were sh- sharing with us about in Malaysia how they banned the word Allah being used in Christian settings. So j- just on that article, um, it's the Arabic word for God, and so Malaysian Christians have been using Allah for centuries as well as Muslims, but the Supreme Court in Malaysia, which is a Muslim-majority country, 
banned Christians from doing it uh, for whatever reason they had, whatever legal reason they had. So keep going. Sorry, Dave. Yeah. So they they on on that you know side of the world they do that, and then but like I said before, there's a lot of Christians that do kind of the same thing here, where they say we will never refer to God as as Allah, even if we're speaking with a Muslim. I forget if I told you this or not, but the Turkish language takes a lot of its vocabulary from Arabic. Mm. And the Turkish translation of the Bible uses the word Tanra, which means God, but it's like a God. You know, it's a lowercase God. Uh-oh. And they and that's like to avoid using the word Allah because they want to make the distinction. And right. You know, Ooh. far be it from me to criticize the translators of... No, do of, it. Of, That's what we do. You know nine languages. We're calling you languages. out, Turkish translator Shame of the Bible. on the servants of God who make the, the gospel available to people around the world for doing it <laughs> wrong. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just think that it creates an unnecessary divide because... It's kind of like, oh, well, they created this religion that we think is false, and they're using our word for God. So they stole it from us. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a weird attitude to have. You can't let people steal the, the word God from you. But they did. They, they, they consider it something they can't say anymore. It's like corrupted. And so they moved to this other word, which is actually an inferior way of, of referring to God. And that is sad to me. Evangelism and learning from other religions? Or is there another reason why you guys feel it's important? Peace. <laughs> Peace? Yeah, because there's oh, a no, lot okay. of cases when Talk. there's wars. And like. And may, I don't always want to say it's fundamentalism, but likely is extremism on either case of a religion to come to one end of the side and decide ours is... The only right way, and those who don't want to be a part of that need to not be living or conform to it. And there's, I think that there's always been room to, to that's why it's useful to, in order to not step on the toes or offend in certain ways, you do need to learn uh, the, the vocabulary, the, the practices, and the religion as a whole with other cultures and peoples because peace is a really good thing. I hear you. I think that's probably why most people want to find yep. common ground. And honestly, why most people want to blend religions together into like, mm-hmm. well, we all worship the same God just with our different perspectives. It's like, if I can convince everyone of that, then we'll have social peace, mm-hmm. you know, because why would I fight you if I think yours is just a different path? And so people are very utilitarian with like, trying to blend the religions, finding mm, common ground. It's sure. just like, it's for a social policy or for a thing. And do you think that's... Yeah, that, like, I... I'm not, like... Your pacifism is leading you <laughs> to other Universalism, consequences. Right? Yeah. Universalism. <laughs> right? Or, but I think that, like, this is a case when my goal happens to overlap with someone that wants to do something very different. I don't want But you're to, helping them. Uh, I'm well if it's maintaining peace then maybe that's okay. Okay, so you host a conference with a imam from a mosque, okay? And you're like, we're going to have a conference about finding common ground between our religions. Hmm. And everybody who shows up to that conference is showing up because they want to hear that you worship the same God and therefore we should have social right, peace true, because true. it's all just different ways to the same path. 
should you have put on that conference? You're just like, you're giving it to him, man. Well, it, if you put on the conference, you can say what you want. You So you can... Can cle- you? You can... No, don't. That's a dumb thing. I don't. <laughs> I'm glad you called me out. On. Okay, good. So you can say no. Like there are actually very distinctive things that put us at diametrically opposed odds. You don't think Jesus is God, but we overlap in these areas. So but nobody's going to hear that part. Li- yeah, everybody's going to no, come no, away no, with Tanner, the tweetable moment of I when think- you say Allah. Gee, Christians and Muslims can use it, and they're going to be like, "Tweet, oh, point, going good viral." Point, good point. Like you're, I know you're being. A goof, I'm being a, a dummy, goof, but, but it's also right, true. Where right? like our legitimate, like I want to create, dis, you know, keep the distinctives and yet find common ground for evangelism. I don't think it's heard that way by our culture. True. I think then it depends. I would, go ahead, David. I think it depends on on what you're when you say for peace. What what people mean by that? Because if the, if the result that you want is essentially for everyone to stop practicing their religions and for it to all mesh together into this apathetic non-religion, well, then we have a problem, right? Because Mm -hmm. the alternative, of course, is what makes people very uncomfortable, which is you you have a conversation and you find common ground as an anchor or as a starting point. You say, okay, here's what we agree on, but we both believe very different things about that God. And then you start to have a discussion. And, and it is a, it's, a, it's a game where you want to pull the other person closer to, to <laughs> what you believe, right? I don't think anyone is pretending otherwise. But people don't like that, right? Because that means that, well, so-and-so might be wrong. And if so-and-so yeah, is yeah. wrong, then they shouldn't, they, their belief has less credibility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the whole, like, finding something that's wrong with somebody else is, like, threatening. So that's the goal is to not find something wrong with <laughs> anybody because then, you know, then we won't get along and we'll have war and all these things. Dave, uh, sh- short, man, ah, this is going to be the worst. You on my right, the one, <laughs> the one who's cheek to cheek with me here. Talk, tell me, come on, you've been sitting in on this. These elitist people mm. talking their talk. I hate elitists. And just just tell an us expert, straight from the, the truth, man. <laughs> I know Carter's listening right now, and he's just been waiting for your voice to cut through the noise and say, listen, it's it's all bail if it's not Yahweh. Let's go. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder if it actually matters. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is Carter's got his shirt off. And he's swinging over. Said, well, no, I'm I'm playing through a scenario, and this is unfortunately this is all th- theoretical for me because I haven't had these conversations. But I get that common ground is less hostile than if you walk in. They're like, okay, listen up. Here's everything that's wrong about you hmm. and your belief. Of course, that's not a good way to start a conversation. Finding common ground is friendly. It it might it might be a nicer start off point, but I think most of us know that when we're on the receiving end, when a hmm. Mormon or somebody like that comes up and says, "Hey, we're the same, you and I," that there's there is this instant reaction of like, "What are you talking about? We're not the same," and that's almost as equally wanting to push back against it. 
I think when you, when right, you come like up to people someone, can see through it, they see like, it's just like a ploy. They're like, like, look, we're the same. We have yeah. the same. There's instantly the, it's so hard to get over the, we are not the same. And there's going to be an instant rejection of mm. no, 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 no. We're not the same. Mm. I think. Okay. So David, what do you say to that? When people try to find common ground with you in order to pull you towards them, do you see it as like a, a sleazy salesman move? Or do you enjoy that? Um, I admit that, you know, when you use the example of Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, they already have kind of a bad rap. So it's like, it's mm. like a caricature of what a conversation like that should be. But actually, this podcast it was very well-timed because only over like the past two or three weeks, I've had the chance to talk to someone, an atheist. So it's not really like, you know, that's still, it's still a faith. And, and I think we, we would all agree, but it, it has made me wish that conversations like that would happen all the time. Cause this is someone who challenges me and makes me go home and open my st- huge systematic theology book <laughs> And like, look for the answer, nice. right? And like, it's 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 amazing because I don't come away with it afraid, really. Maybe right. maybe that that might happen. So to, is to is he people. finding common ground, and that's what's making you go to your systematic theology, or is he disagreeing with you? This really pretty Hispanic woman who I'm talking with. Okay. <laughs> She's pretty Hispanic. Cool. <laughs> I like it. Quite, quite Hispanic. Sorry, what was your question? <laughs> I just, when you're saying like, oh, it's been so good, I've had to go back to my systematic theology, figure out what I believe. Like, is that because she's trying to find common ground with you? And you're like, wait, I thought we were more different than you're saying. Or is she disagreeing with you? And that's why it's healthy. It comes partly from disagreement, but... It comes from common ground, too. The common ground being, what is the solution that your belief offers in response to the various questions of life that are, that are eternally asked, you know? Mm-hmm. Things like free will. You know, do we have free will? Does God's all-knowing, all-powerful nature eliminate free will as a possibility? Or, on the contrary... Does evolution's unstoppable, systematic way of improving species, does that eliminate free will? Because, of course, you know, like, both both of these things are, you know, the, the free will question is something that everyone has to answer. And so that is common ground, right? And so you can, you can get into that conversation where you're like, well, Here's here's the answer that I think my faith gives for this question. And you know, what does what does yours mm-hmm. give? And then because it's because you actually want to know, there's that understanding there and that mutual respect which destroys the wall that is often present in those situations, right? Because the wall mm-hmm. that, the wall that is that I put up when someone who believes in God the Mother comes and talks to me on the metro about how the new Jerusalem is the third part of the Trinity. Like, yeah, I'm with you, man. That's, a, that's, that's the kind of thing where it's like, you are so freaking wrong 
<laughs> and I am on my way home. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Tanner encounters a lot of crazies in his journey. It, Dave, you, man, you've hit, you've hit it all. <laughs> That's a sensitive point. I am cool with finding common ground with Muslims, Hindus, Jews, just you name it, atheists. If I meet a new agey person, I can't listen to them. I just, if they start talking about their energy and they start talking to me about mother, mother, and oh, oh man, you're hurting me right now. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> anyway, I love the Hindus. Yeah, man, Hindus, booyah. But I have to, I have to give you, uh, uh, speaking of, of, of Hinduism, you know, I feel like it's best by example. I'm sorry I'm just laying on the, the examples for you guys, but I was, I was talking to someone about Hinduism, and of course, you know, for a Christian, the first question is, what's with all these gods? You know, like, how can there be so many gods? It seems kind of implausible. <laughs> Not even just log- like, logically, yes, but also just like, who can keep track of all these gods, right? It's just like, and the answer that this person gave me is that a lot of Hindus actually do believe in one true God. Hmm. I literally said that last episode, David. Did you? Oh, I oh, haven't listened I to lo- it yet. Oh, I'd love it. Yes, the Christ figures one. You were talking about Avatar, the last airbender. Oh, right. And I said that we say that Hindus believe in all these gods, and a lot of Hindus would say they don't. They believe in avatars of the one god. Oh, really? And you were like, oh, you're stupid. You probably said that. Like, yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> Nobody go back and look up that tape, but I was right. Thank you, David. This is- and that is common ground. It is. And especially because in the Bible, you have that kind of thing, you know, where you have uh, Proverbs talking about, you know, wisdom calls from the street corners or whatever. And it's just like, Oh, Sophia. who's wisdom? So, you know, you, t- you have that conversation with a Hindu and you come, you know, you come to the table being like, your religion is insane. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, actually, no, there's a pretty good explanation for that. And you're just like, I need to talk to you people more. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is just like, we just don't have the right idea of, I mean, we're getting to 500 years since the Reformation. But I think that super applies to Catholics and Protestants. We're like... Mm. The common ground, it's not creating common ground out of things that aren't. Hmm. It's like, there's probably just a lot more common ground than our stereotypes allow. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not pretending we have common ground with Hindus to say, oh, you have one God, I have one God. It's like, that actually might exist, and we just have all these stereotypes. Hmm. Maybe, like, this is what happens for me. When you say something like that, I'm like, create a doctrine, create a catechism, create something for me, Hindu people... And then we'll all put it on a website together. They'll have all these, like, we can we can cross-pollinate or whatever you want to say and look at it and stuff like that. And then if I saw a website like that, I'd be like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be part of this at all because they're just saying we're all the same. Do all your debates about religion head to the internet? <laughs> to yeah. YouTube comments at the end? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, right. Okay, so, no, I'm going to answer your question less stupid, but... Um, <laughs> Okay, and I'll answer it by asking you and asking Stupidly. David, how, how do you avoid becoming hostile to it? How do you have this conversation without having the reaction you have, which is, I don't like it because I don't want us to be the I don't want yeah, you right, to pretend right, right, we're right, the right. same. 
Like, how do you stay open in a conversation like that while keeping your convictions? Truthfully, what does it look like? The way that I stay open is by keeping it quiet. So, okay. When in my community of faith, I don't want to put names or anything, but like, this is just what I experience. Maybe it's, I'm wrongfully interpreting what's going on and perceiving it. But I think that we think that we have a corner on truth, that we know where it is. Christ is the cornerstone. This is it. And that seeking truth in other places becomes like dangerous. And so whenever I do encounter someone that I'm like, hey, you and I, I think like we're not far from each other in agreeing on this, then mm-hmm. I don't share it. I don't tell other people. <laughs> so you have the conversation yeah. in a non-hostile way. Yeah. But the way that it happens is it has to be in private. Yeah. So you're the Nicodemus who's got to go visit Jesus at night because you're afraid of what everybody thinks. I am a Pharisee if that's what you're getting oh! at. <laughs> he got the deeper burn. <laughs> All right, David. How do, you, how do you do it? I think it requires multiple conversations. Because if, if someone walks okay, up to you yeah. on the subway or at your door oh. and you're never going to talk to them again... <laughs> Then they just say, David. Nice. then they just say like, oh, hey, and, and they're going to make all of these assertions and you're, and even if you are calm and cool and collected and you're like, okay, um, I don't think so. It's just going to end there without going back, doing more research, thinking over what they said, coming back with questions about what they said. So I, I don't know. The one, <laughs> the one time I did talk to these people from the church of whatever, who were telling me that Constantine was the Antichrist and there's been a... Like, what does like, that matter like right Jackson. now? That's Jackson's position. <laughs> no, it's not. Are you talking to Jackson? <laughs> oh, but state power and the mixing of violence with Christianity. And I don't know, there's... But I just sort of was listening and, and then said like, well, you know, I don't think I agree. And we ended up just like, hey, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> but... Yeah, in that, all it is is saying, no, I don't think I agree. And there isn't really common ground established. See, but when I talk to those people, I do do common ground, but it's totally cynical. It's, if you can think that I agree with you, then when I start disagreeing with you, you'll be like, yeah, he's still agreeing with me, and I might change your mind. (laughs) It's completely what it is. I mean, uh, Jackson saw this a couple weeks ago. In action. We're not going to... We're not going to go into detail. This is my defense of it. I was amazed. That's oh. why I stayed silent the whole time. Oh, I couldn't believe how eloquently you were. Tricked. Jackson still owes me a lifetime of labor for what he <laughs> failed to do for me. But we're not going to get into that because this bitterness needs to stop. Desiring brethren after hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's for after, after hours. hours. But anyway, there was a person who uh, most people would disagree with. <laughs> And I just completely, and it was so false of me, but I was like, yes, here's what I agree with what you're saying, blah, blah, blah. And the whole time I'm thinking, you're crazy, man. <laughs> like, I think you're, you're out to lunch. But it's like this cynical me that's like, oh, I need him to like me and to hear that he's supported because people only change when they know somebody likes them. And when they, like, it's sick. I'm sick. You I feel like, dirty. You're a pastor. That's what it is. Common ground is the worst. <laughs> I we, just feel it's sleazy. I don't know. Mm, huh. Are we going to get into... Okay. I think, <laughs> that, I think that common ground is a good thing for fostering a conversation. If, you, if you're talking about conversion and actually changing people's minds, 
I don't think common. No, but you do the common ground to to lubricate the conversation. Be like, "Mm, "This is good," and then you kind (laughs) of start talking about the differences, and you start talking about lubricate. Like set a foundation, maybe is better than like lubricate. I I see people slipping and sliding. Oh my yeah, no, you guys are all your dirty minds. I was thinking about a car engine, okay? Because I'm a man. (laughs) Anyway, okay, yes, yeah. When it comes to conversion. You don't feel like it's the most helpful. Well, thing. why? Why do we feel like we're? It's like we're aspiring to be so amazing in rhetoric that we can get off the metro with a maniac and they're gonna accept Jesus after. You ever seen me do it? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you not do it. <laughs> we're part of a uh, someone's journey, right? And the, yeah. and I think the the question is do we do we bring them closer or farther to the truth? One of the most useful things I think I learned in terms of in general how to talk to anyone about faith is to just ask questions because that's what mm-hmm. Jesus did a lot and he knew what mm-hmm. questions to ask that would send people thinking, you know. Yeah, and right. questions are mm-hmm. completely non-threatening unless you ask them like a jerk. <laughs> Can I throw one more wrench into this before we leave this? Bring on the wrench. We got a couple of blue-collar workers here. Yeah, no. So we uh, oh, nice, nice. <laughs> We're all everybody wants to claim to be a blue-collar work- worker in the time of populism. Here here's the wrench. I'm hearing this from another culture's perspective. Let's say First Nations, indigenous spirituality, have had Christian cultural imperialism for generations, and they hear someone talking about common ground between their native spirituality. If I'm that First Nations person, all I'm hearing is they're trying to take my culture and Mm -hmm. replace it with their culture, and this is the inroads they use to get there. So it's the whole, like... Uh, you know, when the missionaries came, they had the Bible and we had the land. They asked us to close our eyes to pray. And when we opened them, we had the Bible and they had the land. Like, it's this whole, like, you're finding common ground with my smaller culture because ultimately you want to replace it with yours. And so I'm going to use some stronger language. Screw you <laughs> and your common ground. Mm-hmm. I know what you're doing, big gulping massive christian culture who wants everybody to be them yeah so i just if i'm a minority i would be very repelled by people finding common ground with me sure that's what i'm struggling with tanner what if like going with the indigenous example what if you hear indigenous people saying like affirming when we say creator and they say creator and when we we do a, a prayer ceremony or a smudging together and like we use that same language like, I feel like when they do it, then they affirm that it's okay. Yes. No, I think there's indigenous people who aren't Christians who find common ground there. I think there's indigenous people that are Christians who see common ground between yeah, native spirituality right, and right, that. Right. And so it's not like, oh, I'm a white person, so I should feel bad and I shouldn't, whatever. Mm-hmm. There, there's native people who think you should find common ground that but way. I do see what but I'm mean. saying there is a segment for sure who feels like this is a way to, to, to replace us with you. Mm-hmm. This is just another way. I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Or Dave? Ah, jeez. <laughs> I'm tired here, guys. I don't think you can escape that problem, unfortunately. But what you described, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm totally just passing off your majestic wrench that you threw, but it's an attitude thing. 
Yes, of course, if you see the white man as the evil majority culture mm. that's enveloping everything in its path, and you hate that, you're going to be defensive off the bat. But I think what we're, you know, when we talk about common ground, we're kind of, we're putting this method as an alternative to something like residential schools, you know? There's that way of doing it, mm-hmm. and then there's this way of doing it, where you say, hey, what do you guys believe about spiritual things? You know, what do you believe? Yeah, yeah. Do you believe no, that, there are, that there are multiple gods? Who do you believe is the creator? Who do you worship and stuff? And then yep. what else can you do, right? No, yeah, no, I hear you. And I think that's the tricky part is I don't think anybody here would see the solution that a lot of voices in our culture are saying is just leave every culture and religion to their own thing. I think as Christians, we want to convince people to be Christians. We're not just like, okay, you know, you do your thing, I do mine. Like, Mm. that's what our culture wants us to do. Yes. And we're like, okay, that position isn't acceptable to us. So, you do have this dilemma is, yes, I do want to convince you of something. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said, David, where it's like, okay, the other model we tried was coercive and terrible. Let's just assume that, that all us that are, you know, doing this podcast right now, we believe that our faith is the answer to the longings of humankind. Mm. And so when we approach someone with this whole common ground mindset, you you make a, a connection with them, right? Because you're saying, look, you have some truth and we have some truth. There's something supernatural about that, right? God's been speaking to the whole world. Mm-hmm. And so naturally... People from other cultures have come to conclusions that are true. And so you talk about that. But there's still those human longings Mm. that are there. And those longings only Christ has been able to fulfill. And so naturally, there's going to be an attraction to our faith because Mm. of that fact we can't let the fact that we're afraid of being perceived as imperialists stop us from mm. offering people the medicine that they desperately need. Mm. And I guess the whole point of this conversation is, well, how can we do that in a way that acknowledges that th- these other people have yep. also experienced God in a real way? No, that's, that's helpful. That's... That's a good way of putting it. It's a good way of putting it. Thank you, David. Okay. I think we're going to... I mean, there's so much more to say, but I think that was good. That was a good way to end. Mm. Not completely end, though, because before we go, <laughs> you can't have a guy named David Short and a guy named David Short on a podcast together and not do a game show where they go head to head. <laughs> <laughs> You're not looking at the questions, are you, David? I hope, that, no, I hope my two extra letters are going to put me over the edge. Yeah, so here's the deal. Whoever loses the game show <laughs> has to change their name legally to a name that the other person chooses. Because I can't stand for this. Where do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> the, re- the listener has heard me struggle all podcasts and they were waiting for one of you to change your name. So this is what it's going to do. A rumble in the ring. The cage is descending. 
Jeez, man. We could record the name of, of the choosing, and you will just paste it over top of every single time that you referred to that person in this episode. <laughs> I what do you this. think? Gumberman Champkinsane. <laughs> okay, is that the one you're choosing for Dave? That was really, really improvised. Okay, you'll chew on it, and then that you'll reveal the name it. at the end. This is a point system, so Jackson's going to tally up the points in his head. First question, and this is to both of you. Oh, so is it a speed thing? Nope. No, it's just whoever gets the most points. Okay. Which of you two has a podcast named after you? Anybody? Technically, neither. Mm, I, David? <laughs> Me. <laughs> Unless Dave Short is the embodiment of the brethren tradition. <laughs> I might maybe, be. Maybe you can get him to change his name to Desire Brethren. <laughs> All right, so David Shorten one, and uh, Dave zero. I'm starting to worry that this is rigged. <laughs> <laughs> Who has composed a listener mail song for our podcast? Oh I have. Gosh. <laughs> okay, I so blank? Jackson has I'm one point. Yes. <laughs> Anyone else? You know what? Uh... This is a trick question because the answer isn't me. What? It is Jackson. Yeah, I knew it. Wait, wait a second. I was the arranger. Jackson was the composer, and I just re-recorded. I, what I gave you was basically a cover song of Jackson's <laughs> composition. Okay. On the technicality, nobody gets points. I think I made. I get a point. But I am I'm... playing your listener mail song right now. Listen to mail. Listen to mail. Gonna have a listen to some listen to Oh, so good. So oh, good. We had to pretend to react. <laughs> All right. Third question. Who speaks the most languages with a point per language? Uh, we'll go David Short first. Um, I and no points if it's just one language. No, no. That'll count. That'll count. <laughs> I try and speak one language very well, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, so one. Very good. Okay. And David Shorten? How many do I know how to string together a sentence in? How does one know a language? Yeah. <laughs> I can, you guys are the worst. This is a very simple case. <laughs> David Short, give us another language. English? English, French, Spanish, Turkish, Italian. Okay, Whoa. and he has to prove it by saying, I am David Shorten in each of those languages. Really? Mm. I am David Shorten is what you're making me say? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I am better than David Short. I don't es, know what you should say. Estoy mejor que de David Short. Je suis tellement mieux que David Short. Oh, <laughs> I love it. My favorite. Uh, David Short dan Dahaim. Wow. And sto migliore que David Short. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Blew my mind. Oh, you're so bird. <laughs> All right. Next question. <laughs> Who owns their own name on a website? Oh, David, do you? Do you have one, Dave Short? No. Oh, no? No. Oh, what about you? What about you, David Shorten? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> DavidShorten.com. Very interesting website. Wow, you guys are plugging me so sufficiently. <laughs> you really get what you pay for on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, how you get a point for every full soundtrack you've composed for a, a film. <laughs> oh, my gosh. David Short? Uh, none. Okay, David Shorten. Full-length film? Doesn't matter. I did a short film, a a feature film, and a TV series. 
Okay, so we'll count that per episode. That's yeah. what, you know, Whoa. 22 points or <laughs> per episode. <laughs> That'd be 24 points, yes. How many seasons? Uh, I think it, I think there was 13 episodes. Next question. This one is controversial. Dave Short, you might get on the board here. <laughs> Who grows the best beard? Oh, I, gosh. Okay, David Shorten grows a sick red beard. Oh, my land, it's okay. disgusting. It's like, it's Isn't, bushy and it just goes out and out. I, I will remember worse. those days with such shame. Anyway, Dave Short obviously grows a way more majestic beard than I do. I don't... <laughs> I might have to agree, but no, I might hey, have to post a picture of you with I wanna, that beautiful I want to say that I never tout my own beard <laughs> skills. I t- I tout I'll tout it for you. It's, it is not... Okay, that you get good. a point. You get a point. All right. So Dave has two, <laughs> and David has, I think, 21. <laughs> All right, great. Next question. This is also controversial. Who is the most politically conservative among <laughs> Oh, my land. I don't even know. You're, you're both so conservative. <laughs> are they? They are, yeah, hey? I love you, so Dave. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> this is we where they to, find common we ground. We need to stay strong. Miss- okay, without actually knowing, I feel no, com- we- I feel comfortable making the claim that I am. Whoa. Wow. He is David Jordan's pretty dang I mean, you're probably the most conservative man in Quebec. I mean, I'm the most conservative person I know in Quebec. <laughs> Are you the most conservative person you know, David Short? Because that's actually a good way of figuring it out. Uh, okay. Well if he lives in Ireland, there's no way. I'm not the most conservative person I know. <laughs> All right, he wins the point. Uh, who created a personalized song for me on my 18th birthday as a present? Oh my gosh, you remember that? You just <laughs> never heard mine. Oh! <laughs> All right. No, David Short, you're right. I didn't hear it. Play it for me now, because I could play David Shorten's right now. No, you're not. It sucks so bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David Short, give me yours. I lost it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hard drive it. crashed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think it's become fairly clear yeah. uh, who our winner is and who our loser is. I forget his name, the losers. <laughs> David Shorten, could you help us out? Uh, maybe he could be <laughs> David Shortenen. <laughs> I love it. Yours level. has to be longer now. Oh, thanks for coming on, man. Man, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. What a Finally fun bunch of guys who I love. <laughs> Upgrade! Hey! Oh my goodness! <laughs> no. no, actually, David, David Short most. just got fifty points. <laughs> you lost. How dare you say upgrade? <laughs> All right, I am Tanner Hoffs. I am David Shortenen. I'm Jackson Von O'Brien, <laughs> and I'm David Shorten. Much of who I've become.